Hello, magical money makers, and welcome to the EPOP podcast, episode eight of season one. Season one's theme is our. Gotta get the drum rolling. <laughs> Gotta get the drum rolling. Our journey to short term rental success. And today's episode is called Our 14 Biggest Lessons Learned. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Why don't you have a sound for that? I, I don't know. The average occupancy rate in the U.S. is 48% for all Airbnbs. But the U.S. city with the highest average occupancy rate is all the way up at 68%. So take a guess what city that is, Seth. And everyone else. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk till it strikes again. On my way through. I saw you on my way through. All right, sixty-eight percent is the highest occupancy mm-hmm. rate for any city in the U.S. What city is it? I just first want to say that Trav is the one who always finds the intro facts. Almost always. I think I've done it a few times. But I think that we need to start splitting it up. Because I'm always the one on the spot. And it does make me somewhat anxious because I I like to get the answer correct. But sometimes it's just impossible. I mean, it's guessing, right? So you can take an educated guess. But, you know, I've been getting them wrong lately. And I don't like it. (laughs) These are, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to get these right. They're more for fun mm-hmm. than where to think through it i would love to switch it up because finding them gets to be it's exceedingly no difficult feat. i know especially when you're eight episodes into a season on a very specific topic where you're like well what is still fun you know there's a, a million and one statistics out there about short-term rentals but some of them are either too much minutiae or not as fun so anyway it's been getting very difficult to find them so you should be happy that you just you just have to take a guess I even guess, though you know it probably guess. won't be right I'll help you think through this. Well, this one, okay, I, this is my thought process behind this one because 68%, I feel like it has to be, uh, it's in a city, so yep. like a pretty big, well-touristed city. So my thoughts were either like LA, New York, Miami, but I feel like Miami because it's warm and people love to go to Florida. So I am like leaning towards Miami. So you throw that out there. But I guess it's not Miami because you're still shaking your Well, I'm saying your, your thought head. process is dead on. It, it's a bigger city, very well traveled to warm weather, like nice weather year round. Not Miami, although I, w- I don't know Miami's, unfortunately, I don't know Miami's, uh, you know, occupancy rate, but it, you are exactly is on the right Florida? path. It is not in Florida, despite almost every so, other short-term right. rental thing being in Florida. So then I was like, maybe Texas. Also but a Austin good guess. is not warm all year, so. Think of another New place. New Orleans. New Orleans. No, that's another good Gosh. guess. Gosh. All right. I, a when place I, that's warm all year? We've never been to this state. New Mexico? Think outside the <laughs> continental U.S. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. Honolulu, yeah, Honolulu at 68%. Okay, yeah. I just didn't even think about Hawaii because yeah. I, we've never been in it. It's so far. And it's so far. It doesn't even feel like the U.S. to me. I know it is part of the U.S., but it, it's just it's so a, far from the East Coast. That's a tough one to think about yeah. when you're thinking of this. But you are right. Um, all the other ones that were up there and you know, the high 60% were California, 
Florida. So yes, warm weather climates do much better when it comes to um, the occupancy rate just makes sense because they're they're all you know you could be there all four seasons and and have a good time. So um, good job, Honolulu. Well, not very good no. at all. I mean, on, I wasn't come on, even remotely. Come on. Close. I'm, I'm getting, no, I'm giving you some clapping. I'm giving you. I'm <laughs> Thank sh- you for you know easing my pride. So we're going to talk about the 14 biggest lessons learned here. And this is a culmination of all the other episodes that we've done. So if you haven't listened, there have been seven other episodes in the series. And this was our way to look back at some of the things that we talked about over this series and pull out the, I guess, the the most important part. So it's like a Cliff Notes version of those other episodes. If you, So if you haven't listened to those other episodes, here you go. Cliff Notes, you're cheating. But... If you're interested in short-term rentals, and a lot of you are because you're getting some amazing feedback, definitely go listen through each of those episodes because we dive on deep on specific topics in there. And I should say, before we go any further, that we are going to have some bonus episodes. So we're definitely going whoop, to whoop. do at least two bonus episodes on your questions because we got a ton of questions when we put that on Instagram. So thank you. So we'll be doing two episodes on that. And we will be having an episode with an interview uh, with a very special guest, someone who runs a company that I love when it comes to short-term rentals, and I'm going to leave that a little bit of a surprise as well. So at Ooh. least three bonus episodes. So we're going to have, in total, at least 11 episodes on this season. So let's go through these 14 biggest lessons learned. And to me, the first one, the first lesson, and I'm going to lead off on this, Heath, because this okay. was the thing that I kept hitting home over the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm to me is one of the most important things that you, maybe the most important thing you have to consider that most people don't when it comes down to short-term rentals. And that's narrowing down why you want a short-term rental. Yeah, I think that when we started off with this, I mean, really it was because of Travis' passion for real estate. And you knew that you just wanted to own real estate and try to make money from it. You know, so having an investment property and and you thought, okay, we short-term rental makes more than long-term rental, right? So we'll just like we'll just go for it, pretty much. So it's not that we did it on a whim, because you'd been talking about it for a while. But I definitely don't think we knew all the reasons why we didn't sit down and have like a big conversation, right. it wasn't as planning session. No, it wasn't intentional really at all. I, it, it wasn't as intentional as I would recommend people who are looking at it now be because we didn't have, we weren't listening to podcasts about it. Um, and when it comes down to narrowing down your why, we talk about this in the first couple episodes, but really it comes down to, do you want something that just makes the most money? And this is whenever anybody has reached out to us um, and applied for our STR lifestyle um, consulting. And if you guys want to do that, you can, it's strlifestyle.com. We got that fixed. So if you tried to go to it and it was saying it was like some deceptive website, don't know why that was happening. Uh, but thankfully we have a tech guy who figured out, um, that. So when people have been applying to that consulting program that you and I are running, the first question we ask them is, do you want a place that just makes you as much money as possible? That is a strict investment. Or are you looking for a place that you also want to use? Because those are two different types of people, two different reasons why you're getting a short-term rental. One is I want to make as much money as possible. It's a straight investment. And the other is simply, hey, I love going to this place or we want a vacation here. So I want to make money off it, but I also want to be able to use it a decent amount for myself, my family, my friends. And so that's why I'm looking in this specific 
region or this specific area. So narrow down your why on why you want one. You'll usually fall in one into one of those two buckets that I just mentioned. Now, the second thing, and this goes hand in hand, and I think more people miss this than even narrowing down their why, and that's being intentional about your why and then choosing property based on that. So again, if you, I think a lot of people will sit there and they and they will say, okay, I I want to do both. I want it to be investment and I want to be able to use it, but I'm not sure. They're trying to split hairs. I would just say focus on the one that you want and then go with that, whether it be strictly numbers-based, okay, find the place that's best numbers-based. I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give everyone an example of this. Um, we are looking in the Smoky Mountains, right? We are looking at an area called Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge in, in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, despite the fact that, Eth, we did not have a really great time when we traveled there the only time we've ever been there. Well, it's not that we didn't have a great time. It just wasn't what we expected and it wasn't necessarily our vibe. And so I think it would be funny if we actually ended up getting a place there just because the numbers work out so well there. But I don't really know that I personally, I mean, the Smoky Mountains are beautiful. And so if you like hiking and you like doing all that stuff, but the towns around there to go out and like go for dinner or do something like that, they're not as quintessential as I'm used to being from New England. That's all. So I was just a little, not to say anything bad about Gallenberger or Pigeon Forge. Oh, no, I'm going to say they're very hokey and that's <laughs> totally fine. I think for a for family vacations and people who grew up going there and love that, that's fine. But we were not at that phase of our life interested in going to a Ripley's, believe it or not. Right. We wanted to go to nice restaurants and breweries and things like that. Um, you know, that's why we loved Asheville much more than that area. So, you know, if we, but if we're intentional about it and, and we're looking at properties there and we're saying, well, these numbers work. Okay. This is why we're choosing these properties. Fine. It would be very funny if we ended up with a place there though, like because it's not a place that we specifically want to travel to a lot. I feel like you're bringing up this example because you're trying to really get me to buy a place there. We've been looking very much at this one property and Trav <laughs> really wants to get it. Hold on, hold on. I have to say that these notes were created well before yeah, we true. actually started talking about this property, this specific $2.5 million compound oh my word. in Pigeon Stop Forge. Stop calling it a compound. I just did that because I know you don't like it. Um, all right, lesson number, so those are, you know, start with those. Lesson number three, Hat. Is to run the numbers. And this is Trav's domain 100% because he's the guy who loves the spreadsheets. He loves statistics. And so when he found out that there was software that you could use that would do this for you, essentially, or make it a lot easier for you, you still have to make, you know, some educated decisions based on the numbers. But it's really important to know all of this before you buy a property because you have to know if it's going to work for you financially. Yeah. And this is where we've gotten much better since our Philadelphia properties. We talk a lot about that at length. Uh, there's an episode, I think it's number seven, which is all about the, uh, oh no, episode five, Nerds Unite, Numbers and Stats. And then episode six, why we sold all our Philly properties. We dive into this. Um, the numbers, I tried to run the numbers myself. I did an okay job of it, but Nowadays, there's just a lot more um, information out there. It's a lot easier. One of those is being able to run numbers with AirDNA, which we really, 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 really like. Um, and that is an awesome, awesome, awesome program. So 
we didn't know that in when we were in Philly. So definitely get the software. Um, Air DNA is what we use, is what we love. Um, get the software, but then also make sure that you talk to people in that area and get real numbers as well. And this is one of the reasons why we didn't buy in uh, North Carolina recently was because the numbers looked really, really good on Air DNA, but we didn't know anyone in that area who could confidently say like, yes, those those are very much legit, like, and back it up with their own specific numbers as well. So, um, because things can get skewed when you're just looking at software. So, uh, run the numbers. That is a huge part to this. Whether you love numbers or don't love numbers, you have to make sure you know the numbers because this is a big investment and a big purchase. And a few things can turn it from being a home run to be a single or a double. And we don't want you to spend time getting singles and doubles and things like that. So, um, for sure, make sure that you run the numbers. That is lesson number three. Lesson number four. To get hyper specific on your avatar and gear everything to them. Yeah, we, this was the main, main, main gist of, um, episode number three, where we talk about the difference between middle of the road and magical listings. And 95% of people do not think about this when they are looking at properties. Instead, they, they look at what they want in a property, but they don't sit there and think, okay, who is staying in this property and what are we gearing it towards? We talked about for us doing a turning a two bedroom into a one bedroom here, which most people would be like, what? I, you know, why would you ever turn a two bedroom into a one bedroom? Well, we knew here on this island, there were a ton of two bedroom condos, but there are not many one bedrooms. And we wanted to go after the couple who wanted the amazing experience. You turn the bathroom half into like a spa essentially. And so we said, we don't want four people staying in a really small two bedroom. We want to make a really open airy one bedroom for for Rome, yeah, couples coming to, and it's just couples. You, you're not going to fit three people. You're not going to fit four people. It's only couples. And because we knew who we were going after, we built everything from the studs out on that one for couples. And every single group that we've had stay there has been couples. And they've been the exact avatar that we went after that 25 to 35 year old couple without kids who just want a really, really nice right property or maybe they have kids and they're coming away on a getaway okay. it doesn't mean that you can't have kids yeah. but all right without kids in <laughs> without tow yes kids in yes tow. um yes and so that is us getting hyper specific on our avatar and most people don't do that so in philadelphia we talked about the fact that we were looking at groups but we didn't define what those groups were were they bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, you know, we dive very deep into this in episode three, but this is a lesson that if you do this well, you will have very good success. If you do this and you run your numbers well, it is a guarantee that you will have success because those are two things that you have to do in order to make sure that your Airbnb is magical. Um, the next lesson that we learned that management was not for us. Now, this was true in Philadelphia for sure because we did it ourselves for about two years, two and a half years. And because we lived in the suburbs, we were traveling heavily then, you know, we would be out of the country we would get messages at all times of the day and night. And then when we were home in Philadelphia, it would take, if we had an issue at the property, you know, 45 minutes to two hours just to get to one of the properties. So for us, with then starting our family, it just didn't work out for us. So 
just kind of figure out if that's the route that you want to go in the beginning. If you want to try to manage it yourself, you think you have the time, even if you're far away and you want, you think you can manage it remotely, that could be something for you. It's really just based on your lifestyle. Now here in North Carolina, I suppose we could do it ourselves if we wanted to, if it was maybe one of if it, it was Trav or my only job, we probably could do it and would maybe even be happy doing it because we're close in proximity. Uh, happy. Um, anyway, I'm just saying it's not for Travis, that's for sure. Um, I, it's funny because I always think like, oh, I, I could do that again. Yeah. And then I remember the, I'm not kidding, the dread yeah. that what would happen when my phone rang and I looked at it and it was an unknown number. And every time it, it filled me with dread, legitimately yeah. dread thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with this problem. So I I remember that gut reaction every time I think, well, I should just manage them myself. Yeah, well, so it's definitely not for Trav. And I'm not saying that it's for me either. But if you do think it's for you, then that's great because then you can save money uh, by managing yourself and you don't have to pay property managers 20, some even 30%, which we think 30% is pretty high. But it it is a lot of work, I will say, with the property management. And so, you know, some places charge 30%. Um, you should probably try to find one that charges 20 that you also trust and think is as good. But it is a it is a lot of work. Like the management companies get like they you get your money's worth out of the management yes, company if they're good. If yeah, they're if good. they're good and if they're doing a good job, which is those are the people that you want to hire. So find out if management is for you. If it's not for you, find a company that will really, really elevate your listing and go to bat for you and just be on top of things and do all the quality checks. And we talk about this all in an episode, so we don't need to, yeah, we don't need to get into it deeply, but yeah, definitely it is a thing. It's a part of the process. that's really going to make your property successful or not. So, and some of you ask questions about this and we're going to, we'll talk about this in the, uh, in the ask me anything episodes, the bonus episodes we do. Um, but we do dive deep on this in episode four and talk about if you decide to manage what you should use to manage. And if you decide not to manage how to look for a good property manager, uh, the next lesson we learned, and some of these are going to be quick hitters and some of these (laughs) will dive deeper. And this is just a quick hitter. No one night stays in big properties because it always meant partying. So in Philadelphia, all our properties were meant to sleep eight to 10 to 12 P I don't think any slept well, maybe eight to 10 people. They were all four bedroom properties. And when we had one night stays, especially when you had one night stays for people who were local, it meant they were coming to party. They were easily rent out a, uh, a place that's not their own so they could have a party. That doesn't always mean they trash a place. Like some people would come and, and ask if they could have parties. Hey, we want to have a kid's birthday. We want to do this. We want to do that. And if they asked, and usually we, we let them do it, but what we saw happening a lot was that if it was a one night stay versus a two or three night stay and they were doing a party one of the nights, if it was a one night stay, it was meant for just partying. And especially if people were local to the area, it was meant to be then a rager. And a lot of times that left our place in, in a pretty bad state. Yeah. And so our cleaners would just get so frustrated and upset with good reason. You know, they're having to clean up from these horrible, you know, parties that just left the place trash. So yeah, definitely be, be thoughtful and intentional about how many nights you need people to stay. And if you want to do one night minimums, uh, or sorry, one night only, 
then just be prepared for what that could mean. And maybe in your location, it's not the case. Right. And if it's smaller units, it's usually yeah. not the case, right? If you want to do one nights at smaller units, people are used to that with hotel rooms and right. things of that nature. But for big properties, one nights did not work for us in a city. Um, so just be aware that kind of comes back to your avatar and things like that as well. Then the next one is something that has bit us many a time <laughs> and it's a very easy thing to implement and that is to always and i mean always, always. use <laughs> electronic always. keypads over keys because the amount of times people have had issues with losing their key the key not working it's just been so like locking the key inside the house. That's probably the biggest thing that so many people have done. Even I, Travis. I have done it three <laughs> times myself at our investment properties where I have locked the keys inside one time right on the window ledge. They were right there. On the, the other door, side. I walked out the door to take a phone call. It like closed because of the wind and I'm stuck there in yeah. 15 degree Fahrenheit weather in Philadelphia. It was not, not yeah. pleasant. So I did make friends with a really nice locksmith out of this experiences though. You definitely so, did. And from I'm, the country of Georgia. Your fave. Um, but yes, so make sure that you put the electronic keypads over and they make so many different ones, the smart ones you can access from your phone. We just get a pretty basic one. And um, the only thing to make sure of is that they do run out of batteries. And so just make sure that you are checking on that. They don't last really more than a year. I don't right. think. And it depends so, the climates, like cold weather can make them last not as long and just on alternately like here in north carolina when we were renovating one of the cottages and we didn't have the hvac we didn't have the air conditioning on and the humidity actually corroded the batteries inside right. the lock so then we so you know they're just, a little fickle they're they are a little fickle so just make sure that you are that's part of your maintenance you know yearly monthly check that that is part of it that you're making sure the batteries are ready to go yes i won't get too in the weeds of this but um we do use a schlag on a lot of our properties and that works fine. Um, there are ones called August, which I like because you can just put over the deadbolts. So you don't even have to change out your lock. You, ju you just put them over your existing deadbolt. Uh, that's pretty cool. Super convenient. Um, we have it on our own house here because it auto unlocks like when my phone gets closed. So there's some fun ones you can play with. But the no matter what you use, always use an electronic keypad. But, Heth, you mentioned... Uh, you know, keys are not a good primary source, but always have them as a backup. So always make sure that you have a lockbox on the property as well with a key in it, because if those batteries run out on a guest, then, the, you know, then someone's going to have to go out and change the batteries or something like that. And it can be a pain or if their code's not working or if it gets too cold or whatever, if the electronic keypad stops working, always make sure that you have a manual lockbox, just like you would see when you go to look at houses that the realtors have, you know, with a key in it as a backup. And so most of those electronic keypads will come with a key and just make sure that's there in the lockbox so you just have redundancy because it's such an easy thing to do, but you will find it, especially if you have multiple properties biting you in the butt, as Heather mentioned, over and over and over again until you just build those redundancies in. So electronic keypads over keys, but make sure that you then have the key in a lockbox somewhere very close to the property as well. The next one is also very unsexy, and that is trash pickup and dealing with that and making sure that if you are in a city um, or you're on somewhere that has, you know, like a local trash company that you can get the trash out when it's pickup day and 
it's all sorted because that was a major issue for us, especially being in like center city in Philadelphia. Um, it's just very challenging. So those are things that you definitely need to think about. And then also having the right amount of parking. And being very intentional and very just specific about where people have to park. So one of the reasons we went away from having city houses, again, this is something we didn't think about before we bought these houses was people were complaining about parking and their car getting towed, even though we would tell them exact, we'd, we'd have a map and we'd say, don't park here, park here. You still have to deal with those issues, um, even if it's not your fault. So, you know, one, just be aware of these things that you might not think about when you're looking to buy a property. We are very, I wouldn't say we'll never buy in a city again, but I very much like being in a vacation rental spot. I very much like having a house that has its own driveway that's really clear on where you can park, that um, has trash right outside that you can just bring to the end of the driveway. It It's much easier than what we were dealing with when it came to a city um, and a city that got snow and, and, oh, it, yeah. and issues like that. So uh, just think through all those little nitty gritty details of what might waylay you or what might be a deal breaker for if you're looking to buy a property or after you buy it, just think ahead of those type of things. Which brings us to the next lesson. And this is a really easy one that I am really bad at because I am not systems oriented. I am not super organized, but this is just making a list of everything in your house that that you would need model numbers of appliances what air filters you use in your house just every little piece of thing that might need to be changed out because when it needs to be changed out then you can very easily call a handyman or you could call the appliance repair person you could say here's the model number here's the make and you're not having to ask a guest to do it or going over to the property again what you want to do is make sure that you have to go to the property as little as possible especially if it's not close to you, like we, the Philadelphia house that we were in, that we had, were about an hour from our property. And it was a really big, or from where we lived, it was a really big pain to go in. So be as systematic as you can, write everything down. And then when it needs to be changed out or fixed, and you're going to get asked those questions by the people doing it, or you have to go and do it, you at least have somewhere to start. There you go. The next one um, is something that I always advocate for and um, Travis is somewhat resistant to, but he's come around. We're, we're at the, he we're at the Heather's part of <laughs> lessons learned. So the first half was stuff that I wrote out. Now it's Heather's. So here you go. Just so you know. Right. I mean, but yes, all, all we both agree on for sure. Right. But right. Yes. This was the, I guess this is my first one, um, which is spending a little bit more money to make it special and nicer. It's better than just throwing it together because we, we even, something that we mentioned about with our Philly properties. I mean, we furnished them nicely, but they were, they were a little bit bare because, you know, we were like, okay, they were middle we, of the road. Yeah. We've hit, we've hit as much as we said we were going to spend and, you know, cause we'd never done it. So we had this kind of arbitrary number, like this is what we're going to spend on furnishing and that's it. And that's done, which is fine. Like that was, that was okay. And like we said, they did okay, but none of them were anything special. There was no theme and there weren't all of those extra details. So then when we got our beach house and, you know, now we are living in it mostly full time and only renting it a small amount. But when we bought it, the whole goal was that we would be renting it out quite often. And we really, I really furnished it, decorated it and designed it to have all of these really nice homey touches that people would walk in and just feel like, 
really rejuvenated being on the ocean and just just having everything cozy everywhere, right? So even in the Condé Nast article, it was like, yes, there's a plethora of throw blankets and pillows, but people are like, yes, this house is so cozy and there's a, a throw blanket everywhere you could possibly need one. Everywhere. Maybe it's excessive, but hey, nobody's complained that there has been too many throw blankets. So I've complained that there's too many pillows on the bed at times, oh. I, but that's just- Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a lot in life for a lot of husbands out there and partners, but- um. Anyway, just making up, um, making your space beautiful. And we have found that you will make up the difference if you put a little bit more out. I'm not even talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, probably under under 5K for sure, what you could do to just elevate your listing to be something really special. And yes, as you've mentioned, Heather, I have come around. I, I will never advocate for for going over budget. I will just say build a little bit of room into your budget for that. There you and go. And we do hit this very hard in episode three, the difference between middle of the road and magical listings. And if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, I, that to me is the most important one because if you can make a magical listing like we have here in North Carolina, it just does so much better and it makes it worth it. It makes it more fun. So yeah, and um, you you will make up the difference of that money that you spend pretty quickly when you have those yeah. higher occupancy rates and a better nightly. Yep, for sure, better nightly rate. Yes, yeah. sorry, um, <laughs> sorry. I have a little bit of a headache, so I'm like, what's the word I'm looking the, for? Next lesson. This is a Heather one too. But I, again, we agree on all of these. We made this list yeah. together. But these were the her words. Like she wrote some in her words. I wrote some in my words. So I'm going to read it. So like. <laughs> Don't half-ass it. Airbnb <laughs> is bigger than ever, and COVID made everyone hyper-aware of what makes a beautiful home and space. Yeah, I think everybody's seen that. I mean, even just in the construction industry, the do-it-yourself, you know, the Lowe's, Home Depot. As soon as COVID hit and everybody was stuck at home, everybody wanted to make their spaces just more wonderful and more beautiful and more, you know, relevant and convenient for them. And I think that also over... Fl flowed? That's not right. <laughs> Overflowed? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying Overflowed to say, so into, I'm just trying to guess. <laughs> Overflowed into the um, the rental space too with Airbnb and VRBO and all of those platforms because everybody was looking for that unique special experience because of the really hard year everybody had in 2020 and even carrying over into 2021. So yes, just... Just go big with your Airbnb. Yeah, make them magical. Do everything you can to make them magical. Again, I will stress, go listen to episode, season, uh, episode three. Now I, now I can't talk. How episode many seasons do you think we've of done? this season, <laughs> and we dive into this. Uh, next lesson. Go ahead, Heth. Don't go too big too fast unless you are willing to take the time to make them exceptional and go the distance. Um for us, I do feel like we, we did go really quickly in Philadelphia. We bought how many, all five we within- five properties within a year and a half, two, two years. Yeah. And so, four within a year, I think. Yeah. Or like right a around year a year. and a half. And again, I wouldn't say that we made major mistakes there, but we just, we didn't hit them out of the park and we just, we kept buying them and then moving on before we were really making them special before they were really set up, you know, functionally with like the lists and everything that we talked about. So 
if you do want to go big fast, like now that we've sold everything in Philadelphia and we've been doing it for a couple of years, we're like, yeah, let's buy a couple more now and we're, we're ready. More confident, we're more, more comfortable and we know what we need to do to be able to go at that pace and still keep the quality and the listings magical versus moving on and kind of what I was doing was like crossing my fingers and, and hoping right. they would do better without really taking a step back and saying, well, why, why are they doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just funny. I have in the notes here that it's very much both of our personalities. Like Travis always ready to just move on. And I'm the one who likes to finish things and, and just make sure that everything's like the quality checks and all of that stuff. So just make sure you know your personality types when you're working with a partner, whether it's your life partner or just a real estate partner only. Either way, kind of know um, what everybody is good at. And then if neither one of you are good at it, hire somebody else. That's what you have to do if you if you want to go big fast. Um, hire someone that will help ensure that this does happen for you. Yeah. And so we we did that's that's one of the major lessons we learned with the Philly properties was that I just kept acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. And Heather, you weren't focused on the Airbnbs as much then as you are now. So there was no one tie like tying up all the loose ends making them look super pretty you know thinking yeah. about why they should be magical well and i did do it a little bit i mean in my own defense like when i had wit um i remember taking wit to meetings in the city with me when he was like nine months old and i was like editing them and doing the quality control checks and you know sprucing them up and doing some landscaping and then i got pregnant again and then right. i was just like no i have a one-year-old and i'm pregnant and i just it's too much for me right now and so we'd, we'd never we started off I, again when we say like a flawed base i i we didn't mess up with them we ended up making money on them and we made money when we sold them so and you can go listen to that that's episode um that is episode six where we talk about selling them but it we didn't go in thinking who's our avatar and how we how we can make these special with them so we would have had to reimagine everything almost from the ground up um and we weren't ready to do that so yeah now that we know that it's like trav go in acquire you know, think about on big picture, who's this for? How can this be magical? Mm -hmm. How can this be special? Heather, do all the little touches, not little, but I mean, make sure all the the granular stuff is done, you know, stay in there, make sure they're good, follow through, you know, see what the guests are writing, change things if, if we need to change things, lean into the things that we want to lean into and just, yeah, finish, finish the job, which is not what I'm good at. Um, the next lesson is something that we learned uh, I, I, I would say do as we say, not as we do, because we still didn't end up going and doing this that often in Philly. Um, but that is stay at your, your investment properties at your short term rentals at least once a year. And honestly, probably twice a year, because there are things that you will, that the cleaners are not going to see that the guests might not even see or, or won't tell you about, but they're little things. Um, for example, we had a light bulb out at one of our Philly properties for a long time. Well, we never knew because the cleaners would come in during the day, wouldn't turn the lights on. For whatever reason, the guests never told us. And then we went to stay at one and we're like, three of these light bulbs like in, in the upstairs bedrooms aren't working. How long have they been out? Who knows? And so just staying at your property once or twice a year is going to give you a different view of it it will give you the view as the guest versus as the owner, which is important. Yeah. And I think actually it was the um, Airbnb, the owner, the founder of Airbnb who 
said that he used to go and stay at people's Airbnbs, um, you know, unannounced. Like he wouldn't say I'm the owner of Airbnb. He would like just go and stay at one of them or some of the best rated ones. And he recommended that everybody should, you know, just go to stay there so that you have that perspective. For sure. And the last lesson, the last big lesson, lesson number 14 here, Hath, go ahead. Is to just plan to spend a percentage every year on maintenance, updating, replacing broken things, touching up paint, etc. Um, you know, maybe maybe those throw blankets have pilled or ripped or stained. Maybe there's not uh, enough pillows <laughs> on the couch. Once you've stayed there, you just want the 50th pillow on that couch. Right. So, you know, things do happen. And if you do that annual yearly maintenance, you know, you won't have so many scuffs on the walls after three years when you're like, shoot, this place is looking really worn. If you just do it every year, you know, it's the same with all things in life. You've got to keep up with that maintenance to make things last longer and to be more successful. And especially if you're shooting for an elevated listing like we are, again, we want our listings to be magical. So yes, you have to do all the things we've talked about, but you also, the basic stuff has to be done too. The walls shouldn't be scuffed. There shouldn't be stuff broken, right? Um, your curtain rod shouldn't be held up with a with a wine bottle opener yeah, like at one of one our of Philly our, properties oh was God. the case and somehow the yeah. cleaners never told us and we're like well how did you not see this and like yeah. well, we never looked up at the blinds like come on oh my goodness. so you know you're gonna spend probably less if you do it as it happens as well and you know heather said plan to spend a percentage every year i would also say and and we say this in the should you manage or not manage um portion definitely have a plan if you are managing or if you have a property manager to have them come in and do monthly maintenance yeah and so this was a big thing when we hired property managers down here there was a quality control person and they come through once a month or sometimes even more just to make sure they're all the little things so they're not the cleaners they're not looking to clean the place mm -hmm. there's someone hired by the property management company who works for a property management company to come in and see all the little things that other people wouldn't because in the end you'll spend less money mm -hmm. and it will keep your listing top of the line because you're not waiting a year or two or three to then okay my listing has gone from top line to crappy now i have to bring it up again mm -hmm. so you'll spend less and it will consistently be very nice as well it's way better way to do things yeah absolutely and so it is not something that i think we really looked at and built into our budget was this we had maintenance as a line item but we didn't really know what that meant for me it was always thinking like something's broken yeah like, like the, we have to fix the roof let's or put a new money refrigerator right. yeah. or things like that but no it's all these small little things too you know that you just have to plan for them otherwise your your listing won't be as good as it should be and if you're not sure how much to plan for it and how much it's going to cost and you are managing yourself or you have a property manager oh, for the first six months go in and say we want to keep the, like you see what this looks like the day it's listed we want to keep it looking this nice and keep track of how much you've spent over six months and that'll give you an idea of that monthly wear and tear budget that you're going to need and then you can project that going forward so there you have it those are our 14 biggest lessons learned that is a cliff notes version of the last seven episodes that we've done so again if you've been if you listen to all seven and now now eight thank you so much we're really glad that you guys love this season we've gotten so much amazing feedback don't forget we also have 
three, at least three, because you never know what's going to come up. Sometimes we do some spur of the moment ones. I've got some ideas of maybe some bonus episodes for short-term rental stuff, um, but we have at least three more bonus episodes to the season. Two are going to be questions that you all asked us that we're going to go through and answer. And one is going to be an awesome interview with someone who is a big name in the short-term rental space. I'm super excited to have him on as an interview and you never know what else we might have up our sleeve. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the love with the short-term rental season. It's not over yet. <laughs> We've got more coming up. Um, and thank you for your questions because we're going to record those episodes um, coming up and put those out as well. So some bonus for you because you guys showed us so much love with this season. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hath, anything to say? No, just I hope that everybody, you know, gets their end of year goals and hopefully, maybe even an investment property. this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through. I saw you on my way through. On my way through. I saw you and I'll see you again. So